When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Classic streams. It's immediately after the close of our last episode. As in Judge Selby's courtroom, Prosecutor Frederick Apt triumphantly watches Lillian Morrison leave the witness stand. As the prosecutor sends for his next witness, Perry Mason rises from his chair at the defense table, walks down the aisle, through the door, and into the corridor. Okay, wise guy. Okay, you got to bet. Five bucks. And my five says he wins. Uh, <clears throat> Paul. Huh? Oh, oh. Uh, see you, Cliff. Uh, yeah, Perry. Friend of yours? Friend? That vulture? I suppose you want a piece of the bet. Yeah, sorry you made it? No, I just offering. Okay, I'll cut your loss. I'll take 250 Now, Perry, I didn't mean I would... Let me do the worrying. Well, I ought to do a little worrying, too. I've got two bucks and a half at stake. Oh, you want me to take it all? No, I guess I can stand it. Oh, that's what I like about the people who work with me. They have so much faith. Yeah, I've never seen you up the creek without a paddle before. <laughs> Don't you think it's interesting? Very interesting. Now, that app is making it look as if May Grant was carrying a torch for Marcel Blanc. Yes. Me with no paddle. Mm. Uh, Paul. Hmm? Remember a Mrs. Morgan, the woman your man thought was Kitty? Morgan? Morgan. Oh, sure. Mm. Well, I just talked to her. She's a very nice person. She'll cooperate. How? Well, look. If Kitty DiCarlo has an alibi for the time of the murder, it's a false alibi. Uh-huh. Now, I can break a false alibi if I get enough information. Mm-hmm. So, I want the information. Now, you get Mrs. Morgan, Paul. Get Mrs. Morgan. I do. Uh, just uh, get into the witness stand, please. Yes, sir. This chair squeaks. Uh, tell us your name, please. Haven't you got someone who... Never mind the squeak, Mrs. Dean. Just uh, tell us your name and address. Dean. Carolyn E. Dean, 4739 Platt Street, Chicago, Illinois. And your occupation? Just a little furniture oil. Sit as still as you can, Mrs. Dean, if it bothers you. Now, uh, your your occupation. Chambermaid, Michigan Clark Hotel. That's in Chicago? Yes, sir. I've been there 12 years. I see. And uh, you were on duty the morning of August 18th? I was. On on what floor of the uh, hotel, please? The sixth floor. Now, Mrs. Dean, I ask you if you see anyone in this courtroom, anyone, whom you also saw on the sixth floor on that morning in question. I do. Um, two people. Uh, point them out, please. Well, um, that lady over there. Oh, uh, stand up, Mr. Carlo. You saw this lady, Mr. Carlo. Hmm? Her and a little girl. Now, uh, just a moment. Uh, do you see anyone else? Um, yes, sir. That one. Uh, stand up, Mrs. Grant. You also saw this woman, the defendant, Mrs. Grant? Yes, sir. Sit down, Mr. Carlo and Mrs. Grant. Uh, I'm going to show you two photographs, Mrs. Dean. Uh, give me that. Right. I, um, I show you these photographs. One of the murdered man, Marcel Blanc. Oh, I saw him that morning, too. And this photograph, a child known as Dory Grant. Uh, yes, sir. I-, I saw her, too. Good. Very good indeed. Now, uh, you may tell the jury what you saw happen that morning, Mrs. Dean. Yes, sir. 
Well, the first thing we do in the morning is check with the front of the house. The front of the house? The manager's office. Uh, we learn who checked out early so we can get the rooms ready. That morning they uh, told me 6.11 and, and 6.13 were checking out early. I see. So I, I went to clean up 6.11 at the double uh, to clean it up first. I was pushing my service card down the hall when I saw the lady. Uh, which one? Uh, that one there, um, Mr. Carlo. Her and the little girl. Now, you couldn't be mistaken. No, sir. They passed right by me. The little girl asked what I was pushing. <laughs> she was a sweet little thing. Uh, did the child seem unhappy? Uh, was, was she crying? Or... Oh, no, no. She was okay. Uh, continue, please. Well, I went down to 611. I took out my ring keys to open the door. And then I saw it was already open. Not wide, just a little. Um, well, maybe a foot. Well, I was going on inside, but I heard them talking. Them? Mm, that one over there, uh, Mrs. Grant. Uh, and the man in the picture, Mr. Blank. At first, I just heard her voice. Uh, could you understand what she was saying? Not till I got close to the door. I could see them in the mirror over the dresser. He was standing by the window, uh, smoking a cigarette, and, well, kind of, well, kind of watching. Uh, Mrs. Grant? She was um, right in front of him. Was she uh, fully dressed? Uh-huh. Uh. Well, um, go on. What was, uh, what was she saying? She was asking him something. Just asking? Not just asking. Begging. Yeah, begging him to let her go with him. Now, be very, very careful, Mrs. Dean. Repeat only what you heard. That's what I heard. She was begging to go with him. You're certain he didn't ask her? No, sir, I'm positive. He wasn't saying much at all. just smoking that cigarette and watching her. Yeah, and she? Well, um, she said something like, Well, I'll do whatever you want. Whatever you tell me, only don't leave me. Please don't leave me. I'll come on my hands and knees if I have to. And now, once again, once again, and, and think carefully. She begged to go with him. Yes, sir. She even started to cry. That's all. Your witness, Mr. Mason. Mrs. Dean. Yes, sir? Now, you're a good housekeeper. It's my job. That's why that squeaky chair bothers you. You, you hate to see a job half finished. Well, yes, sir. So do I. I hate unfinished jobs and half-truths. Now, uh, don't get nervous. And think a moment. You say Mrs. Grant asked to go with Marcel Blanc. Yes, sir, she did. And just before that, you saw the child being led away from her room? Why, yes, sir. Now, did any single thing you heard, did anything indicate that Mrs. Grant wanted to go with Blanc because she was, uh, well, in love with him? Well, uh, I... Yes or no, please? Well, no, sir. If all the truth were known, couldn't she have been begging to go with him to protect the little girl? Well, yes, sir, I... I guess so. She never said why she wanted to go. So, in truth, she could have hated that man, right? I, I guess she could have, if that was her reason. I, I mean, if she was worried about the child. She was awful worried, Mr. Mason. She was eating her heart out over something. Exactly. Eating her heart out with fear. Fear for the little girl whom she loved. Not Marcel Blanc. That's all. Thank you. Uh, just a moment, Mrs. Dean. Just a little moment. 
Yes, sir. When you heard Mrs. Grant alone with Marcel Blanc in that hotel room, did Mrs. Grant mention anyone else? No, sir, but... She begged to go with him, with a man we know was most charming and handsome and very attractive to women. Huh? Yes, sir. She didn't say anything about anybody else, not to kid or anybody. She just said she had to be with him. Had to be with him? She was thinking only of him. As, as far as we know. Yes, sir. Just him. And now we'll see who May Grant was thinking about when we call the next witness. You may step down, Mrs. Dean, and thank you. What do you think, Barry? Mm-hmm. Well, that tells me a lot. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look so good, huh? You're worried? Aren't you? Oh, here I am. About lots of things. Oh, Perry. That uh, squeaky chair worries me. Hmm? Oh, you. Seriously, Perry? Seriously, Della. I'm also worried about Paul's bet of two dollars and a half. Oh. May Grant is looking worried. Perry Mason, you're the most exasperating man. You jumped from Paul's two fifty to May Grant. Same thing, Della. I've got to protect Paul's investment. Give me three sheets of white paper. What? Three sheets of white paper, a sharpened pencil, a straight edge ruler. Come on, come on, Della. This is very important. Paper, ruler, and a... No, 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 Della. If I had the paper and the pencil and the ruler, why, then you'd know what I wanted to do. Come on, be a good secretary. Open my briefcase. But he knows better than anybody else how much cause there is for real worry now. Worry about more than Mr. Paul Drake's $2.50. But Perry also knows the importance of fighting worry with a smile. So with the light touch of those three sheets of white paper... But won't you join us tomorrow... This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. The strategy of Prosecutor Frederick Apt has been clear and simple and deadly to prove not only that May Grant killed Marcel Blanc, but also to prove that May was passionately in love with the murdered man and that out of her infatuation grew the motive for murder. <coughs> well, one look at May's white, drawn face, the way she clutches her husband's hand, would indicate how beautifully Apt is succeeding. And one look at defense lawyer Perry Mason, who is working rapidly on a paper spread before him, would indicate that he also is desperately worried. But if you could stand with Della and look over Perry's shoulder... Almost finished, Della. Yes, Perry. I'm ruling three sheets of paper here into columns. Yeah, two columns to a page. That's hmm? right. One page for you... 
one page for me and one for May. All right. But why? Uh, just a second, just a second. Ah, May. Now, I have noticed something. Mm-hmm. The witness chair squeaks. What did you say? The witness chair squeaks. You know what that means. You get a chance to get even. Perry Mason, you won 90 cents from me at the McKean trial, and I'm now, not... Now is your chance to get even. I absolutely refuse What's to have it. What's the matter? A... Are you uh, scared? No, I'm not scared, but I oh, know... Oh, Della, now the chair has got a lovely squeak. And I thought you were serious. I am. As a matter of fact, it has two squeaks. A single squeak and a double squeak. <laughs> oh. Now, you take one of these sheets of paper, and I'll take one. Uh, oh, do you want the doubles or the singles? The squeaks, that is. Um, which one do you want? Well, I'd kind of like the double. No, 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 no. I want the double. Oh, well, since you were loser last time. All right. Now, we'll both keep track. For how much? Oh, a dime a squeak. That's best. Mm-hmm. Shake. Right. Right. Wait a minute. What about the third sheet of paper? May gets that. Oh. Look at her, Dellum. Yes, I see. She just looks... Bad, yes. Now, let us take her mind off Mr. Apt and his evidence. She can be umpire. Keep score. And settle any disputes. Okay. You know why she looks especially down today, don't you, Chief? Hmm? Today is Dory's birthday. Today? Yeah. Oh. All the more reason. She keeps on looking whipped, she'll be whipped. That's right. Uh, take this page to her, hmm? And make sure she's got a pencil. And don't try to get around her. I want a fair and impartial referee. Uh, tell us your name and address, please. Pratt. Frederick Pratt, Chicago, Illinois. And your occupation, Mr. Pratt? I manage a restaurant near the Chicago Air Terminal. Now, uh, Mr. Pratt, uh, what you're about to tell us is the thing you saw yourself. Uh, simple, but important. What? That... Eh? This chair squeaks. Oh, well, never mind that now. Uh, don't you think... Uh, that... Mr. Pratt. Yes, sir. Have you ever seen the defendant before? I saw her. She came into the restaurant the night of the 17th. Now, tell us just what you saw. Well, this fellow Blank and Mr. Carlo and the kid were all in booth number 12. That's a back booth. You knew them? No, but when you showed me their pictures, I remembered. Very well. Go on. It was after midnight. That's our rush time. I was busy and didn't notice anybody in the booth. Well, not at first. Except that a man and a woman and a kid were in it. And then what happened? Well, all of a sudden, a woman let out a yell. I looked over, and I saw this Mrs. Grant. Uh, where was she? Standing in front of the booth. She hollered something like, uh, there you are, or I found you. I don't remember the exact words, but... Oh, uh, what did you do? Well, I thought something was wrong, so I headed over to stop it. You know, if there was going to be a disturbance. Well, then I felt kind of foolish. No? She didn't need any help. She was doing okay. Well, what do you mean? Well, the time I got over there, Mrs. Grant and this guy Blank, they were... Hugging and kissing and... Oh. Yeah, yeah, they were in a big clinch. Oh. I'd gone charging over there like Galahad to the rescue, so I had to say something. Yes, of course. And she had yelled out. Mm. So, after a while, when they uh, came up for air... <laughs> well, uh, go on, go on. Well, I said, uh, anything the matter, lady? Which was a foolish question, because anybody could see there was nothing the matter. And, uh... And uh, what did Mrs. Grant say? She didn't make any complaint. No. It uh, seems they got separated in the terminal, and Auntie May, they called her Auntie May, was so happy to see the guy... Uh, she kissed him. Just a moment. That's a leading question. I'll rephrase it then, Mr. Mason. Uh, they were kissing. 
it looked uh, mutual to me. And let me ask, did Mrs. Grant uh, seem afraid, frightened at all? Oh, oh, everything was fine and dandy. And the little girl, was she all right? Oh, sure. She was drinking a glass of hot milk. Yeah, everything was hunky-dory, Mr. Rapp. Love and kisses. Now, now that's all, Mr. Pratt. Are you a witness, Mason? Uh, no questions. What? No questions, Mr. Rapp. Oh. Well, since it's getting late, Your Honor, I move we recess until tomorrow morning. Hmm? Well, have you any objections, Mr. Mason? Oh, no, no, no objections. <coughs> so ordered. Court recessed until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Now, now, Eight single squeaks and fifteen doubles. That's seven more doubles. Well, you can't count two of my singles now, and one of your doubles. Listen, you owe me seventy cents, Perry Mason, and don't you try to get out of it. All now, right, all you... right, all right, all right, Della. Take our tally sheets to the referee. We will abide by May's decision. Uh, here comes Aunt. Tell May I'll see her later. You just wait. You'll see that I'm right. We will let the judge settle it for us. Oh. Huh? Why are you going to have the judge settle, Mr. Mason? Hmm? Oh. Oh, it's Mr. Rath. Well, so it is. <laughs> yeah. A little argument with your staff, Mason? Call it a dispute. Hmm? Yeah, why did you... Uh, take those pages to the judge before Mr. Rapp strains his eyes, Bella. We'll get our answers later. Yes, sir. Well, you're changing your strategy, Mason. I am? You didn't cross-examine Lillian Morrison. You only asked that chambermaid a question or two. You didn't cross-examine this last witness at all. We'll know the score this afternoon, Mr. Mason. Oh, fine. Yes, Mason, I've been watching you. Well, this man is on the alert, fellow. Oh, right in there pitching all the time. He noticed that I didn't cross-examine Mr. Pratt. Oh? He wonders why. Oh. I think I'll tell him. Why, Chief? You're tipping your strategy. Well, I think he deserves it. Uh, come here a moment, Daft. I'll show well, you why I didn't dare cross-examine Pratt. Now, if you'll just sit here in the witness chair, Apt. Go on, go on. No. All right, Mason. Now, um, notice this chair, if you please. Uh, what about it? It squeaks. And not only a single squeak, Mr. Apt, but this is a deluxe chair. Single and double squeak. Mm. And do you know something, Mr. Apt? Now, please listen carefully, because I am explaining my strategy. When you finished with Mr. Pratt, the chair had squeaked 15 double squeaks, but only eight singles. Really? And I had the singles. Miss Street had the doubles. Well, you can see, Mr. Apt. It was I was losing by 70 cents. Now, if I'd kept the witness in the chair, why, I might have gone on and on and on. Oh. I'm sure that you would have done the same thing had you been in my shoes. Dollars are hard to come by these days. Very amusing, Mr. Mason. I hope you'll keep on being amused. Oh, we'll try, Mr. Hatt. We'll try real hard. A uh, lovely smile, Miss Street. Thank you. I wonder if you'll wear it long. Well? Especially if you knew my strategy. If you knew what I'm thinking about right now. Uh, good day, Mr. Mason. Good day. Goodbye. Goodbye. Perry. Um, there is a keen lad. Think he is going to pull a rabbit out of the hat? Mm. More likely an axe. Yes, but then why tell you? Well, Mr. Aft is gouging in the clinches. He wants me to worry. Oh? Yes, a keen lad. He got what he wanted. Um, are you worried? Yes, about more than 70 cents. 
And about more than falls two dollars and a half. All right. Look, um, how about doing some birthday shopping for Dory, huh? You can use some of your winnings. And then how would you like to meet me in the conference room of the jail? I can tell you this. Perry Mason's hunch is right. There is reason to worry. Because Mr. Apt is about to spring a new bit of strategy. But more of that tomorrow, so won't you be sure and join us? Classic Streams. This concludes another episode of Classic Streams. Thank you for listening. Retro Radio Today does not claim ownership over copyrights to any radio shows on our podcasts. The work in this episode has been identified as being free of known restrictions under copyright law, including all related and neighboring rights. The show copyrights are believed to be expired. Classic Streams